Good morning, everybody, and we are Wednesday, 8th of March. Emma is in a trophy match play as we speak, wondering how she's going. This is the Marcus Today members podcast. General advice only, don't confuse it with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. And the market not enjoying the Powell testimony overnight. It was pretty predictable, wasn't it? In fact, we did predict it, that there would be continued hawkishness from Powell after a string of harder than expected economic releases in January and February, and he certainly hasn't disappointed on that expectation. Let's give you a couple of the salient quotes. The latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated, and we would be prepared to increase the pace of rate rises, and signs that the US economy was slowing have partly reversed. It was, of course, a prepared testimony given to the Senate Banking Committee, which is Congress, and he'll talk tonight with more question and answer type answers to the House Financial Services Committee. But he's set the tone for the next month or so, and that follows, if you remember that jobs number, 517,000 when the market was expecting 180-odd thousand jobs added. We've got another jobs number on Friday. I do wonder whether the Fed have seen the jobs number already, which is why they are predictably hawkish or particularly hawkish. I don't think they do see the economic numbers before they come out. So it'll be interesting to see if the jobs number is strong, in which case this hawkishness is well placed, or whether suddenly the jobs market weakens and it all looks a bit of an overkill. Either way, this has opened the door to the Fed raising rates by 50 basis points in March. March 22nd is their next meeting. And the odds of a 50 basis point rate rise at the at that meeting has jumped from 31% to 66.1%. And the odds of US rates hitting 6% by June have risen from 2.8% to 17.8% overnight. And of course, on the back of that, the US dollar jumped 1.19%, which is a huge jump. And the Aussie dollar dropped 2.2%. And that, of course, reflects the opposite message from the RBA yesterday, which is that they are getting ready to press the pause button, which is the headline that seems to make it made it into the AFR. And Rob Lowe, not Rob Lowe, Philip Lowe was speaking this morning at the AFR Business Summit, and he has passed a similar sort of message that rates in Australia, at least, are going to peak sometime soon. And that bounced our market 30 points yesterday, that message. But of course, we've given in to Powell's comments today, and having been down 76, as I say, we're down 57 at the moment. And the defensive sectors, healthcare, utilities, telecoms, predictably doing a bit better. In fact, they're all up, but a tiny amount. And the sectors that are more cyclical, energy, resources, materials, and the gold sector as well, which doesn't like the US dollar going up. The gold sector is down 3.4% today. The energy sector down 4.6% today. Resources are down 1.5%. Those are cyclical, not gold, but certainly energy and resources are cyclical, which means that they need a strong economy. And this message from 
the Fed the rate's going to stay higher for longer means the odds of a US recession have increased. And you can see that in the gap between 10-year and 2-year bond yields in the US. If that gets hugely inverted, usually 10-year bond yields in the normal course of events, longer-dated bond yields are almost always higher than shorter-dated bond yields, but they have inverted in the US. So the 10-year bond yield is now 105 basis points lower than the two-year bond yield. And that inversion, as doubtless you know, tends to indicate that a recession is on its way. So that is more inverted than it's been since, I think, 2012 at the moment, suggesting that we're now worrying about growth in the US, hence the weakness in these cyclical sectors like resources. But the other issue, of course, is the US dollars going up again, and that doesn't help commodity prices. Commodity prices get more expensive when they're priced in US dollar terms if the US dollar goes up. So commodities on the nose today. And you might notice the lithium stocks as well, all taking it on the nose a little bit at the moment. As a sentiment-driven sector, it does tend to slide when the market goes down, and that's happening today as well. A couple of little points on that. Capital economics making the point that if the Fed are going to go harder now, it means or brings forward the date on which interest rates are going to come down. They say the Fed will begin cutting rates again sooner than the markets are expecting. And of course, worth mentioning, we do have these jobs numbers on Friday. This could put a finger in the dike or it could open the floodgates for more bearishness. We do have a US private ADP, private sector ADP jobs number out tonight, which sometimes is a bit of a lead index on the main jobs number. So we're looking for that. So more hawkishness. This was always going to be the thing that killed that 7% rally in January, wasn't it? And that's what we've got. So in the strategy portfolio recently, as you know, I sold the small ordinaries ETF, the resources ETF and the gold ETF. So we happen to be sitting with about 40% cash at the moment. And that seems an appropriate stance considering the mood of the market. Although I have to say, I don't think this is any more than us climbing the wall of worry, as they call it. There doesn't seem to be anything particularly precipitous about what Powell said overnight. It's normal waiting for inflation to come down so that we can relax about it and start cutting rates. The RBA seem more relaxed than the Federal Reserve, but it's just a matter of time. And I still am hopeful that we started a new bull market last October and that this is just part and parcel of ironing out the negatives over time. It is very likely by the end of this year, we're going to be talking about when interest rates are going to be cut rather than when they are going to peak. And if you have a look at the strategy section, the chart of the ASX 200, despite today's fall, is still looking pretty good in uptrend. Now turning to the technical scans section today, a very full technical scans section. I've got one main point to make out of that. I'm not sure how much notice we should take of technical scans. They are short term. Most of them are based on daily data. But considering the market or the signals are coming from the market yesterday rather than today, tomorrow morning will look a little bit different to what it looks like today. But some notable things prior to today, almost all the ASX 200 ETFs had a buy signal on them in the last couple of days. JB Hi-Fi is looking interesting. CSL looking a little bit interesting as well with a buy signal. The Dow Jones and the S&P 500 prior to last night, of course, had buy signals on them, as did the ETFs geared to the market, GEAR and GGUS, G-E-A-R and G-G-U-S, but those might reverse tomorrow morning.
morning. But the main message to pass today is that there were buy signals after a fairly solid fall in the bank sector, which took some of the banks to very oversold positions. In other words, RSI's below 20. There are buy signals everywhere on the NAB, ANZ and Westpac. And just to point out, I've put the dates in the technical scan section, but just to point out that the NAB is expected to go ex-dividend May the 10th with a 4.2% gross yield. Westpac May the 18th with a 4.7% gross yield. ANZ May the 8th. These are guesses, by the way. 4.7% gross yield. And you've even got Macquarie going ex-dividend as well, May the 15th, but it's only a 2.2% yield and it's only 40% franc. And there's Bank of Queensland as well goes ex-dividend May the 3rd. They're the first bank to report 5.4% gross yield. So those of you looking for income, you might notice the banks probably enjoy this hawkishness because it means their net interest margins will stay wider a bit longer. But they do all have dividends coming up, all except the Commonwealth Bank, of course and Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. They've all got dividends coming up. There are buy signals. This is not a trading sector, but as I point out in the technical scan section today, the sector does trade in a 10% range. It's 8% down that range. If it got back to the top of the range, it would go up 8%, which is material for a low volatility sector like this. And if you could get, if you could time the banks in a 10% range, you could arguably pick up the dividends and make as much as the dividend in capital gains if you time it right. And that timing might be around now. As I say, not a trading sector, but if you're trying to time the banks for income, hmm, some signs you should be having a go already. Other things today in the ideas portfolio, we are going to get absolutely belted. I think on Friday, 29 Metals has gone into a trading halt prior to quantifying the impact of heavy rainfall. Not what we wanted to see. We're already down 29% on that. Oh, hum. Must put in that stop loss mechanism to avoid this. Domino's still happy to hold, still buy signals on that. John's Ling happy to hold, although just sliding a little bit with the market today. And Sanfar not too fussed about that, but it's underwater a bit at the moment. Henry's take today, he sold some Lion Town resources yesterday. Macquarie has a research piece on Atlantic Lithium A11 outperform rating. 15 page report on a tiny company, very expensive team. Presumably they have a corporate deal in the pipeline. He's also answered the question about Oz Minerals and he talks about the TPG private equity raid on Invercare. And today he has the On The Couch podcast with the CEO of Macquarie Telecom. Well worth listening to. He mentions International Women's Day today. Promotes a few of the ladies in our industry. And that's about that from Henry today. Right, that's about it. A few other little things. Carson. Sales $500 million rights issue. Woodside and Brambles ex-dividend. Sayona down 2% despite announcing first lithium production in Quebec. JP Morgan says the S&P 500 could test 3,900. That's only down about 3% from here. And Morgan Stanley says they see 20% downside on some tech stocks in the US and some could go bust. Lovely not. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, market still floundering down 60. Omiso blast, by the way up 17% as the FDA reconsiders a license application in a positive light. And that's about that. ADP job.
jobs numbers, private sector jobs numbers tonight, main jobs number on Friday. I think we've had enough of the central banks, but Powell will be speaking or answering questions again tonight. We look out for that. All in all, tone of the market, pretty floppy, not looking to buy anything at the moment. A little bit interested in banks for income investors ahead of the results season. That's about that. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.